0: Love Life. Featuring your hosts, Rebecca Detman and Jane Donovan. The sun shines bright as it moves across my face. I feel the light.
1: I flow with ease through the journey of my
0: experiences. Welcome to Love Life. I'm Rebecca Detman. And I'm Jane Donovan. And this week we have another gorgeous listener who sent in a Letter, email. Oh,
1: Miss Victorian. An email or it might have even been a PM,
0: private message. (laughs) The carrier pigeon dropped in my lap and I unrolled the scroll. Took the wax off the seal. Yeah, took off the wax seal. (laughs) And here is the question. Wondering if you and Jane could look into doing a podcast on the law of unattachment. I'll say that again so you're listening, so you heard me just right. The law of unattachment. It's such a fundamental law that I'm sure many people struggle with, but I've been searching the podcast store trying to find content and there's not much out there. Call to action, Beck. Yeah, so because as you know, on this show, Jane and I have talked at great length about the law of attraction and the law of vibration and the law of abundance and maybe even some others I'm forgetting at the moment, but we have not talked about the law of unattachment except in passing. Because I know that I, I've mentioned it a couple of times because I always, um, I connect it with a Buddhist thing. I, I, I'm pretty sure it's a Buddhist law of unattachment because it's, because Buddhas, a lot of Buddhas' spiritual philosophy is based on this idea of having no attachment. And the minute attachment to anything in the physical world occurs, it automatically Equal suffering or puts or you in provides th- resistance puts you in line for potential suffering because the minute you're attached to something it could be taken away it could change it could anything at all and that immediately plunges into you into emotional out of control territory so i liken it to a buddhist the buddhist original buddhist content however i think today jane and i of course are going to explore it in very rebecca and jane type of ways <laughs> and yeah ha- we both kind of said that well, I don't know if we've got a lot about this that we've
1: re- we've kind of thought about or researched or studied before, but it's good to actually just go with this and see what
0: comes out. And see what comes up because I think we've got to have a look at how this operates or doesn't operate in our own lives as well as in others that we've observed. So we can do a little bit of traditional Buddhism here, but I think we can also throw it a bit larger and mix it into the the Beck and Jainism pot of
1: <laughs> like I've got to lawology.
0: Ask, do you think the law of unattachment,
1: is it similar or different to the law of surrender? Because mm. I kind of see them as being very similar. Or is it that a surrender can be as a tool, a skill that is required
0: to be able to execute the law of unattachment? I think they're two different things, but they're very close. It's a bit like when we did that whole episode of compassion and we also talked about sympathy, empathy, and compassion. Ah, they're very similar but, but different. they're actually different concepts. Same, same, different. Yeah. So... Surrender, I think, particularly comes into play where you you can't let go of something which is actually eating away at you or starting to harm you, and it it, which then again is closely connected to forgiveness and letting go. No, it's not just harmless though, too,
1: because it could be like something good. You might have, you know, written a a book and you want to send your um, manuscript off to a publisher, so it's an exciting thing. But you kind of got to. Now surrender to what will be, will be.
0: Oh, when you put it that way, it sounds more. It sounds like law it doesn't. Like, just doesn't it? Yeah. Okay. So
1: maybe I didn't articulate. I don't okay. Know. So surrender can be used in several different ways. I think so. So are we coming from love? Are we coming from fear? Has a different feel about the law of unattachment. Yes, it
0: does. It does. So, so it's almost like it, it, it's like need versus desire. So I can think of a couple of instances in my life where the law of unattachment worked. And I might have said this before, so forgive me if I repeat myself, but in ancient mythology there's this kind of idea of the hero on the journey and the hero has to go through a series of quests and trials and adventures to get to the ultimate, you know, kind of holy grail type thing. And often the hero has to pass through three gates. Gates are hugely symbolic. Um, and the third or the last gate that's the hardest one to get through you know, the other gates were easy because he had to figure out a riddle or fight a dragon. and he could do all of that. But when he gets to the final gate, the only way to get through the gate, which he really wants to get through because then he's knighted and finished and won and he's got the reward and all that, the only way to get through is to not want to get through the gate. <laughs> that was my dog
1: snoring. Oh, Nalia, stop getting in on the game. All right. Photo of Nalia has to go up on the Facebook page again. All right. So Apologies. Sorry, Beck. If
0: you heard something weird there, that was Nalia snoring. Okay. So, so the hero arrives and every fiber of his being wants to get through this gate because it's the sum total of like everything he's stri- striven, strove, striving for. And yet he has to let go. He has to actually be okay with exactly who he is, with what he already has and not think that what is on the other side is necessarily going to be better or make him better or is something better. This is actually classic spiritual philosophy. It's that idea that you, and this is the fault with modern new age spirituality, which is this idea that spirituality equals happiness or gets us something that, you know, like what we are right now isn't good enough or it's flawed. It's not okay. It's not enough. We've got to get somewhere. We've got to be something, but actually- You are God right now. You are divine white light. Everything you have, you need right now. It's all here. And once we can surrender, there's that word, into that concept, we let go and make peace and then we have everything we want.
1: There it all is. So often we find that when people are striving for something or when they're in the healing process when they're really into self development and there's a particular part of themselves that they're not happy it's not working for them and they've got to get different tools and heal and change and grow and so often once they've done that what they wanted back then now appears and it's like well where was that when i needed it and i feel that word need is such a strong indicator that you're going in the wrong way yeah And so I'll often say, you know, need, want, two different things as a joke, and that's me standing in a shop looking at something I want to buy and going need, want, I've got to turn it into a need so I can justify it. (laughs) However, the reality is that need is neediness, neediness, which is always going to have you pushing the boat upstream. It is going to be hard work. So when you feel that you need something, you've got to then look at what is the emotion that I'm going to get from that happening. And whether it's a new job opportunity or somebody buys you your book manuscript, you've made a new friend, you've met somebody to date, you've lost weight, you've whatever it is, it doesn't matter. What is it that you think when you have that happen? that you are going to feel. And as you determine what that feeling is, you then need to find ways of having that feeling in your life now. It's like with the singles dating thing. It's when people say, you know, I'd love to have a partner. Well, what does that feel like? What is it that you physically want to feel? And it's a hard one in the, in the dating game because it involves another person. However, you can do it. I would feel a greater sense of connection. I would feel worthiness. I would feel... Um, safe. I would feel whatever it is, then identify those emotions and then find ways to give that to yourself. As you do, you are now moving into unattachment of that need. And the neediness goes and it now becomes a desire. And a desire is something that that would be awesome doesn't this, ha- matter. It does. If it doesn't happen, it doesn't matter.
0: Taking back some power and some control, I think, because when you feel like I'm incomplete until I have that thing or that thing will, yeah. Yes, like, you're right. You're yeah, incomplete. It's like, yeah. I, I, I need that in order to get dot, dot, dot or feel dot, dot, dot or have dot, dot or be dot, dot. <laughs> you are forever enslaved and you're actually out of your power balance. So we need to get rid of our unhealthy hooks and obsessions on things. Um, I, and again, I'm so sorry to be repeating myself, but you know how your same old stories come up? Because I know I've said this on the show before. But I remember um, hearing the story of a woman who tried and tried and tried and tried and tried tried to have a baby. So, of course, and there's a lot of women listening to this who will know what that feeling feels like when you really want a child and it's not coming through. It's actually a very sad, grief-stricken, hollow, desperate feeling and you get so attached and you get so needy and you get so fixated and obsessive and upset and it just becomes so much, you know, it just becomes so intense, right? Now, this one woman she managed to get pregnant eventually after this long struggle. And, of course, she hadn't had the baby yet. She was only, say, four or five or six months pregnant. But her whole demeanour changed. Her whole energy changed. She was at peace. She was laughing. She was flowing. She was happy. And in, in a funny way, she still doesn't even have the baby yet. She hasn't got one in her arms. She hasn't got one in the cot in the nursery. She doesn't have a baby. She just changed her energy approach in her body. I mean, yes, there might be some cells clustered in her uterus, but It was like that was all the proof she needed to change her mindset on having versus not having. And isn't it funny how often, like in our material, physical world, we're so addicted and obsessed with the idea that unless I can see it, it's not real. Unless I can touch it, it's not mine. Unless I can put a chain or a rope around it, I can't own it. You know, we have to actually almost enslave things to – To get the, the feeling of safety, the feeling of reassurance and control that, okay, everything's all right now. Everything's, everything's under my control. And these are not healthy ways to be, but we do it in the smallest, smallest ways. These are not always huge concepts. Like
1: this comes back to which we've spoken about before in other podcasts is about, you know, if you can visualize it you feel it, you know, that the imagination, that the body knows no difference between mm. the imagination and reality. Yeah. Whatever you're imagining is your reality. So, therefore, to imagine that you already have something or that you're wanting to experience or physically have actually does enable you to therefore release the desire because you've already had it and experienced it, which does assist to the unattachment. But it is very hard to really detach, isn't it? Yes. And yet... One of the things I've had, you know, big issues around, um, control being so controlling in businesses that I had, therefore that's the complete opposite of unattachment is controlling. And so I had to look at what was each fear? What, why was I controlling? What was my, what, what am I scared of? And you come back to episode one. What, what's your fear? And as you identify the fear and remove the fear, because likely it's limited thinking. Hasn't happened is unlikely to happen. Don't even worry about it. As you let go of each individual fear, your attachment or your need for control starts to reduce. So you don't go from unattached to I'm unattached. You go. It's a gentle turning the boat around to go downstream, and it's like a twenty point turn instead of being a two a three point turn. So each turn is identifying a fear. And then releasing that fear. What's the next reason that I'm scared? What's the next thing? What's the next thing? And as you face each individual fear and remove them from your vibration, you can then come to a place of unattachment.
0: And remember that this fear and control and power that Jane's talking about, this is how our society is set up. You know, governments run off fear, you know, politics, education, any system, any corporatization, any brand, advertising. It's all off fear, isn't it? It's all off this feeling about we have to either make other people do what we want. So we feel in control or we have to sell something that caters to fears. It's, 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 it's our whole society. So it is very hard to get out of the almost the vibration of it because we're so used to it it's actually like the wallpaper it's just so deeply embedded in in our psyches that to relearn in our own brains and hearts how to live fearlessly and hence unattachedly is actually very hard very difficult it's very very, very difficult and maybe if we were all very very poor in a in an african village with no clothes and no food we'd have a very different concept with the idea of possessions or belongings or attachment or unattachment Because a homeless person may tell you that every day things come and go and they don't really have any control over where the next meal is coming from or where that next kindness from a stranger may be shown or the next warmth or the next dry place or the next shower or whatever it is. And they, I presume, would have to make some level of peace with that feeling of surrender of every moment, every day is just going to be what it is going to be. And they may have a different sort of concept of gratitude around when it comes, I'll be grateful for it. If it's not there, well. Well, That's why we see
1: so many beautiful, you know, photos and sayings and stories on Facebook, you know, the source of all great information that are from, from tribal communities where they're always
0: so happy. And everyone says, "You know these people are happier than we are because all because they have that commune sense where everything is shared, and one thing is everybody's and if you think of that beautiful film from twenty years ago, "The Gods Must be Crazy," when the Coke bottle fell down out of the the pilot, you know the plane in the sky, and the indigenous people picked up this glass coke bottle, their first inclination was to share it it was it was for the whole village. And then very, very quickly, the minute attachment got in and people started to see its usefulness and they all wanted it and there was only one of them, that's when the emotional charge changed in the, in the group. Which of course all comes back to self-worth, doesn't it?
1: That I have low self-worth, like this is going to help me. I need to get it. I need to go further. And there's your fear. I've got a lot of co- uh, clients that I coach around their businesses. They've got, you know, small businesses that they are either newly startups or they're wanting to change in direction. And, Of course, there's a lot of attachment around that because they've spent years dreaming of their passion and their goals and visualizing it, and now they're making it happen. So attachment is massive, but it's interesting how they'll have quite a good flow. You know, they'll go with a flow and they'll have lots of clients coming in. And then suddenly I'll get an email saying, all my clients have dried up. What's happened? And it will always be about go back to your fear. What was your fear? Well, actually, I got scared because this is also a lifestyle business. And I want to ensure that I've got time to do what is important to me as well. Like I want to be of service to my clients, but I also want to have this beautiful work-life balance. And so they went into the fear of, hang on, now everybody's taking my time. I need my time. I need my time. So they became then attached to the fear of the time. So, okay, you can have your time. So it's like a flip. It's like what you fear, you can actually manifest very, very fast that there's a flip side that you paid a price for it. You lost your clients. Yeah. So anytime that there is any change in any routine that you are doing and it doesn't please you, it's not what you were wanting, look at what your fear was and that's what you would have been attached to which is causing the resistance.
0: Beautiful. So looking from my own life experience, It's so fascinating. Let's use relationships because they're such a good relatable example. At a couple of times in my life, once when I was younger and once when I was older, when I really, 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 really wanted to be with someone or didn't want to be lonely or alone or really wanted a relationship or wanted the the love or whatever it was, the more intensely I got obsessed with it, the further and further and further out of my grasp it was. Like, We're talking sometimes years of no action because you want it so badly, it's just nowhere to be seen, right? The two times in my life that love walked in the door were both times I genuinely reached a place inside myself where I said to the universe, I'm really not interested in meeting anyone right now. I want to be on my own. I really just want to focus on me. I'm just happy being in my own space, and boom. Now what's happened there on a vibrational point is that Beck had spent such a long time
1: visualising this beautiful relationship that she wanted. So that had loads of, as Abraham would say, rockets of desire Mm. being sent to the universe. Into the vortex. But then... She had a little hissy fit and said, no, not interested doing other things or well, not a hissy fit, but a change in have genuine. Well, I up. had the same thing. I'll share my story in a tick. I had exactly get, the same thing give happened. You
0: up or you get burnt and you say, that's it. I've stuffed done.
1: Yes, I, yes, that's right. But you actually do really mean it. It is a little tantrum, yes. but you mean it. Yeah. And that is where you detached from the outcome. So that is another example of the law of unattachment. What you've given birth is a new desire, but that desire hasn't actually manifested yet because you haven't given it enough energy yeah. focus to get right into the vortex. Yeah. But it's that so, it's detached from the original vibration. But
0: it's so hard, Jane, because this goes back to the hero's gate. The hero wants to get through the gate and doesn't know how to stop, like how to how to detach. When I really, really, really wanted relationships. You get happy with where n- you are. There was no part of me that wanted to detach. No part. Yes, but you've got to get happy with where you are in
1: everything in life. It doesn't matter. I had the same thing. I was dating in my, all through my twenties and early thirties and where's my man? Where's my man? I want to meet him. I'd meet lots of people, have dates, didn't go very far or had very short, bad relationships. And I gave up. And the day I decided that, no, I was going to create this amazing life for myself, I wasn't waiting for a man to create it for me, I went and registered. I'd always had dance troops and things. I went and formalized it further where I went and rented a dance studio. I registered a business name. I went and picked up a mobile phone, which was brand new technology back then at 20 years ago. I picked up business cards because we didn't have emails and... I was so in the zone of this amazing new life that I was creating and that night I went to dinner to meet my girlfriend's new partners, male friends, and there was my husband. But the other thing was he met me as me and I believe he was probably the first man I'd ever met that met the authentic me. Wow. Because I was too busy being an empath and pleasing everybody. That they, that they, that's not an authentic vibrational match. So he actually got to meet the authentic me and I was not at all attached. Even when I walked in and saw this nice guy there, I did think, Oh, he's nice. And I remember my girlfriend that night saying, what do you think of Simon? I said, yeah, he's marriage material. And that was that, but it was like, whatever, I'm busy. Well, 20 years later, two children later. So it, it is really looking at when you have, have completely changed your vibration around what it is you want. Mm. So it's the it's the vibration of contentment, of peace, of joy, of gratitude, of happiness, of in the now. When you master that around your vision, you still have your vision that you are not attached. Look out because that's when it comes along. And I don't know how many times in the matchmaking world I've heard clients say, I've just about given up so there was a part of them that had given up. I nearly didn't go to that dinner. I nearly pulled the pin. Mm. I wasn't going to show up at that event. I was going to say no to you, Jane, meeting that girl or guy. I hear that every single day, and that is it's that point where they have really detached from holding on too tight. And that's exciting. And
0: it is surrender. You're right, Jane. And we hear this all the time in acting stories as well about the actor that went to auditions for 10 years and and said, I think it was Robert Pattinson who became Edward Cullen in the Twilight franchise, and he was just like, I am not, I'm done. I'm not doing any more. And And that was the last audition, was it? Yeah. Yeah, I
1: love it. See, in entertainment I used to hear a lot of stories like that too. And
0: I've just realised, listening to this, that I am living proof of the law of unattachment by my very physical body being on this planet because my mother tried for eight years to have children way before the days of IVF and gave up. And then she started at one point she started gaining weight. She was nearly 40 years old and back then it was illegal to have children over at least 32. Like, you know. (laughs) And she's, quite, it wasn't quite illegal, but that's quite funny. <laughs> she was like dieting, exercising, smoking to get rid of the weight and couldn't drop it because she had so given up the idea that she was capable of having children completely. She convinced herself she couldn't, so she went to wow. the doctor and she said, I cannot shift this stomach fat. And he said, you're pregnant. Wow. And then she dropped the <laughs> So, And then I was born as an only child and she was 40, and there it was because it took her that oh, long. how beautiful. It took her that long to So I'm up. trying to think of other
1: things in my life that I really wanted and when they actually did come to me. It's, um, it's any time you giggle, Jane. That's it, oh, I'm that's so funny, isn't it? I have this little habit that when I've been visualising something and it actually comes to the physical manifestation, I have this such a childlike giggle. I giggle and giggle for about three or four minutes. It's the funniest thing. And beck has been with me when we've, you know, heard Back in of, our radio days, it happened one oh, time. When the radio show went, we got told that it may go national and I got a bit excited by that. So I started visualizing it, but it was, but I was quite unattached. It was like, that was just a bonus. Yeah. Um, however, I thought that's that would be cool because it would give more people for us to- be able to you know hopefully share and help them to come from love and we were in the car where we got the phone call that said um better homes and gardens had been dropped and was replaced by soul sisters yeah and i just giggled didn't i i giggled i loved it but another thing i was uh i was also thinking of times in my life when i've become really attached now what was i the most attached to for most of my life for three and a half decades, people liking me. I was so attached to that. Wow. And I and that was the people pleaser in me that was the stage performer that
0: was the I'm larger than life, please like me this is a really good example because this this actually instantly makes this topic very relatable for everyone listening because we're not necessarily talking about I want a car or I want an acting career or I want a baby now it's about something that's actually deep within you mm-hmm. and it's a need to be valid and worthwhile here on planet earth and this is huge yeah this is huge, so what I did then was.
1: Clearly, you know, you've had the story of me going through the HSP thing, so realising that I was a bit of a train wreck and my life wasn't happening and I was a bull in a china shop and something had to change and I was the common denominator, so it's me. There started a path of much more intense self-development. So while I'd always been in self-development, it was something that I really gave a priority and a focus to. And as I started to, actually the crux of it all, as I started to learn to love and accept myself, that as my self-worth, my self-confidence, my self um validation grew, my need to be liked liked, decreased at exactly the same rate. So the more I learned to love myself, the less I cared what anybody else thought. So powerful. And as that happened, and I can remember a moment where I was hosting an event and I was quite overwhelmed by how many people were um, saying, you know, oh, can I catch you? I want to have a moment with you. I was filling the love on a huge scale. It was the first time that I realized that a lot of my information I'd been sending out in blogs and my book and my audio recordings were making a a big impact in people's lives. I didn't realize it. I was just sending it off and you get the occasional little email that says, you know, thank you, that's great. And I just felt this love and approval and a desire that people really wanted to talk to me that overwhelmed me in that moment because I didn't see it coming but the most amazing thing was I remember going I actually don't need this now it's lovely it's beautiful it feels really good but I don't need it and where the bloody hell were you when I needed you
0: yeah (laughs) that's it
1: and that's that need versus not needing you know it's
0: that neediness so I think another way to really explode your particular attachment to something is to really just sit down with yourself with a cup of tea and a pen and paper if you need or just just under a tree, you know. Think about the thing that you are you just can't get past. You're obsessed over it. Whether it's an outcome, whether it's something physical, whether it's whatever it is, the thing that you think that your life is not going to be complete or happy without. And then throw yourself a curly one, throw yourself a hypothetical. What happens in this lifetime if you never get that thing? What are you going to do in that vacuum space? What would you do if, if God came down with a white beard, because, you know, God has a white beard, um, and he came down, and because it's a he, and he said to you, <laughs> you will not get pregnant in this lifetime, or you will never have that beach house, or you are not going to be an actor, or Wh- whatever the thing is for you, whatever the thing is, you will never make peace with your father in this lifetime, or whatever it is. What space does that plunge you into? What are you going to do with that different? Um, almost parallel universe that's then spinning out sideways and saying "Well, what, sliding doors what path are you going to walk now I'm not saying you can't have those things and I'm not saying you're not going to have those things but I am challenging you to take the pressure off those things by putting some energy elsewhere then you might say but Rebecca I'm scared that the universe will think I want that other stuff if I start thinking about not having a baby and having a career or traveling the world instead the universe might think I don't want a baby no no The universe knows you want a baby because it's deeper than just a brain thought. It's something you've gathered a lot of momentum on at a cellular level over a long time. Which is the same
1: as you did where you'd spend a lot of time visualising a relationship and then when you gave up, it turned up. So you've spent a lot of time manifesting the baby. When I was a teenager,
0: for example, there were years in between the wanting and the having, like years in between. So... Sometimes there can be a lag of a long time. I
1: love this that you've just said. I think this is a very dynamic and powerful tool. So, you're, so the idea being, play with your imagination about if you had that, not to go into the fear of what if it doesn't happen, but what could I do instead, and start to find the positive of How what would that I is. Feed and myself. Therefore, yeah, actually, I've coached a couple of ladies that have wanted to told me that they're single and wanted to have babies, um, but the reality was they didn't. They wanted love. They wanted something to own and love. And I said, like, oh, you can kind of get that from a dog or you can give it to yourself. And funnily enough, one of them came back to me after doing some really good soul searching on that and said, actually, I realise it's not the baby. I don't want the baby. Yeah. Went, Interesting. Yeah. Now, the other one actually ended up getting the, the baby, but she went through that exercise. She went through
0: a different process. That's right. So I love that. It's a great tool. I just think sometimes we need to do some of that visualisation work as well that they kind of use in NLP and uh, some of those things where you imagine yourself like I'd imagine Rebecca sitting there wearing a little red top with her little brown hair sitting there in a little circle under the tree and then I'd imagine zooming back out and looking at that Rebecca and actually having that sort of sense of distance between the two selves and in some way breaking or shattering the pressure that being able to look at it from a slightly removed lens. So some of these visualisation exercises, I think, can go some way in helping you look at your obsessive attachment to something through a slightly different filter.
1: I flew with ease through the journey of my experiences.
0: Thank you so much for listening today. We know that you're all going to go home and do the homework, which is looking at the things in your life that you have an almost unhealthy fixation upon and seeing where you can do a little bit of work in unhooking and releasing the need. Um, look, if you got any value out of today's show, um please buy Jane and I a cup of coffee or a sandwich or a holiday to um, Cairns. <laughs> No,
1: there's a group of girls that are looking at organizing us going to Dubai Beck. Well, see. Love Life's going to go to Dubai, I hear that'll be fabulous. If you
0: need any inspiration, <laughs> these are the sorts of things we're up for. <laughs> we're visualizing with the law of unattachment. We do have a donate button on lovelifeshow.com. If you want to go there and help to support our show, which runs um, at our own expense, out of pocket, we produce all of this free information every week. We really do mine the gold of our combined experience um, in all the self development work and training that we've done, and we give it to you because we believe the world needs a shift and we know that you're all on board for that we love you all for being part of our love life tribe we love you all for being such active and conscious participants and interactive co-creators in what we have all created here if you want to really feel that vibe jump on our private love life facebook page it's facebook.com forward slash love life uh,
1: love life show sorry Mm -hmm. and then if you wish you can request to go into the love life show
0: private tribe group and until this time next week we look forward to our 200th episode. We hope you're all strapped in for that. And we wish all of you a really peaceful, ruminating space where you all get really, really deep into some of your own deeper wants, needs, and desires. Life is perfect. I'm not trying. It. It's just happening. And it's a beautiful.